Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this saucy Tuesday night episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-hosts, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, we're in August, which means that there is no more months without football. We're going to have football this month at a collegiate and a professional level. High school football starts uh, is starting up uh, here pretty soon. We just had the MLB trade deadline. Lots of things uh, happening in the sports world, but we are continuing with our team previews. However, let's ask our co-host, Mission Skyler. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Pissed. The Brewers didn't add any bats. I'm so fucking pissed about that. Um, I'm feeling great because the Red Sox beat the Brewers. And the Brewers traded away their best reliever. Yeah, he had his he was having his worst season. Um oh, for my fantasy league. Uh uh I vote that uh fucking the chick from Euphoria, whatever her name is, uh throws out the first pitch for every Red Sox game because that's when they lost twenty. Oh, Sydney five. Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney, yeah. Who knows what's happening in Boston? Um, but we're not talking about Boston. We're talking about Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and the Eagles in the first season with Nick Sirani as head coach. Uh, year two of the Jalen Hurts experiment, but really his first his first full season as a starter. Um, the Eagles, who uh, heading into uh, last season. Or ending last season, they finished 4-11-1. First-year head coach kicked the season off with a win against the Falcons before three straight losses to the Niners, Cowboys, and Chiefs. They came out and beat the Panthers before losing back-to-back games to the Buccaneers and the Raiders. Beat Detroit before losing to the Chargers to start the season 3-6. and And after that, everything turned around. They proceeded to beat the Broncos, the Saints. They lost to the Giants, beat the Jets came out of their bye week, went in three straight divisional games against uh, Washington, the Giants, and then Washington again before getting crushed by the Cowboys in Week 17. However, that got them to 9-8. and 9-8 and eight was good enough to get into the playoffs. They lost in the first round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-15 to to finish the season technically 9-9, nine and nine, but 9-8 nine and eight on the year. Um, Jalen Hurts started 15 games, finished 8-7 and seven as a starter, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 3,100 yards on 61% completion uh, percentage. Um, he also led the team in rushing with 784 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Miles Sanders was number two with 754. And re- uh, receiving-wise, um, they were led uh, in uh, catches and yards by Devontae Smith, the rookie, 64 catches, 916 yards. He also led them in touchdowns with five on the year. Dallas Goddard had 56 catches for 830 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and uh, Zach Ertz, before he got traded, was uh, 18 catches, 189, two touchdowns. Uh, so taking a look at the Eagles last year, first year under Nick Sirianni, they finished nine and nine or nine and eight, got to the playoffs before getting bounced. What, what were your guys' thoughts on the Eagles last year? I was generally shocked. Uh, I did not think Nick Sirianni was going to lead him to the playoffs in his first year, especially after the his first press conference where it looked pretty rough um but i mean jalen hurts i think took a baby step uh forward in his progression uh obviously you want more touchdowns but i think he did pretty good overall with uh what he had uh weapons wise um and then another thing i just really don't get miles sanders like i don't know how he's like the starting running back I mean, he had over 700 yards, but he didn't, like, score it off of them, and he had fumbled. Uh, it's just their running back situation is really weird, especially when Jalen Hurts is getting 
uh, a lot more yards and touchdowns on the ground than you. So I I think that aspect is really weird. And Devontae Smith had a, a good year, uh, probably would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year if it had been in any other class kind of year, like Jalen Waddell. Um, and I think the defense kind of stepped up. I mean, we've kind of been talking about it, how it's uh, um, hadn't been what it was when they won it all in that Super Bowl, and it was kind of slowly declining. But I think the under Serrani kind of took steps toward being good again. Uh, Javon Hargrave from the Steelers that they picked up proved to be a good pickup for them. Um, they're finally getting some uh, production out of their inside linebacking core that we've been talking about for a while, both Singleton and TJ Edwards had over uh, over uh, at least 130 tackles. And I feel like Darius Slay was starting to help the secondary, which they desperately needed as well. So I think they took some uh, very positive steps in the Nick Serrani era. Yeah, I, I, I would say that if it wasn't for the Bengals, we would have been talking a lot more about the Eagles and the surprise that they were. Um, because again, like this was a team that we had kind of all resigned to uh, failure. We had seen what they were trying to do. It wasn't really working for them um, in that last uh, season under uh, Patterson, um, Peterson, Patterson, Peterson, um, Peterson, Peterson. Um, like we had seen all of these kinds of things. We, we, we were roasting Howie Rosen about like what he was doing, um, that none of it was making sense for us. Um uh, I, I, and they came out and had, uh, they exceeded expectations, mm-hmm. like going nine and eight, making the playoffs. Um, that's really good for them. Uh, I think that they benefited from uh, a weaker Washington football, uh, football team. Um, I think that they benefited from uh, a Giants organization that still doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, uh, I I think that you benefit from being in that in that division. Um, but like you like you said, they had games where they showed up and it was, um, impressive. Continuously, you know, playing well against, like you lose by one to San, uh, or you lose by six to San Francisco, like that. Like that's a game that you can you can figure out what you're needing what you need to do. Um, like it it it's twelve points, but I thought that they were pretty competitive against the Chiefs. Um. Like you are within a touchdown of Tampa Bay. Like you're, oh, I have to look at some. You're within three points of the Chargers. You're like that loss against the Giants did really end up hurting towards the end of the season. And the fact that you couldn't keep up with the Cowboys when you're going on four wins and you're beating, like you get the Jets, the football team, the Giants, and the football team again, like you have to make that momentum count. Um, towards that end of the season where you can get where you're 10 and 6 and you know or 10 and uh 7 and have maybe just a little bit easier because it because we were all sitting there watching and trying to figure out like what is going to be then if because the nfc's pick a playoff picture had not been set like we knew who's going to be in the playoffs but we had no idea who it was if you can try like like for the eagles to succeed they need to be able to continue to get there with with the cowboys who as of right now, we are like you're the top of the division, uh, for reasons I don't understand. Um, I, I mean, you had a good season last year, but like that—that—that's part of it. Like, if you can take some of those games against competitive, good teams like the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Niners, and turn those into wins, and then avoid the the costly mistakes like um, the losses against uh, against the giant, like the loss against the Giants, <laughs> and you can look at like uh the cowboys like 
both law like those games where they kept the the ball like they didn't turn over four turnovers against the giants in that loss if you're able to hold on to the ball like that can make a world of a difference i think that this team was young i think that they're going to continue but i agree with mitch they need a playmaker um not a single uh skill position player had over a thousand scrimmage yards and like we're talking about you know uh Devontae smith we're talking about um uh miles sanders like who did not have a single touchdown uh dallas goddard who uh was big in the receiving game like jalen hurts led the led the team in rushing and receiving yards with 10 and all of those were rushing like you need to be able to bring in other guys which i think that they have done um that uh get that offset offense a little like kickstarting and so that you're not it doesn't become one-dimensional and it doesn't be or not one-dimensional but rely on one player so heavily like it did with uh Jalen Hurts yeah like listen there's the only way for me to classify in review the Eagles season is sub 500 that's not a knock that's better than what I expected them to be but there's a duality of this team. They only have one, only one of their nine wins was against a team who finished above 500 on the year. That's the New Orleans Saints. Seven of their nine losses on the year came against teams who, who made the playoffs. Uh, uh, one of their only two losses against a team that didn't make the playoffs was against the Chargers, who were a kneel down away from the from the playoffs, right? So you kind of look at their season and you go, well, they didn't have, they don't have a signature win anywhere on this season. Right. Had they beaten the Niners or the Chiefs or the Cowboys once or the Buccaneers or, you know, somebody like that, then then I'd be able to sit there and and say, okay, there's a signature win where this team uh, uh, punched above their weight class. There's not there's not a single one of those on this list. However, all of their wins are against teams that they absolutely should have beat. Uh, The only time that 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 doesn't fit in there is that loss to the Giants, you know. So they're, they're an exactly sub 500 team. They're going to beat teams who are significantly worse for the most part, but they're not really going to beat anybody who's significantly better. Um, the uh, Jalen Hurts did everything he could to, to keep this offense going. And the fact of the matter is, is it was just a very bad passing offense, 25th in yards, 25th in touchdowns, 30 uh, last in the league in attempts. They uh, attempted the fewest passes in the NFL last year. Um, however, they were second in rushing attempts, first in yards, first in touchdowns and fourth in yards per attempt. So this team had their bread and butter, had their bread and butter. They were going to run the football and they did it very effectively, but lack of playmaking at the wide receiver position, losing, uh, Zach Ertz halfway through the season really hurts. I mean, it's not that long ago that this team drafted Jalen Rager over, Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager had 33 catches, 299 yards and two touchdowns last year. It's not that long ago that this franchise drafted JJ Arcega Whiteside over DK Metcalf and JJ Arcega Whiteside had two catches for 36 yards last year. So like, we'll talk about it here in a second. The moves the Eagles have made great. However, it's hard to sit there and say, wow, Devontae Smith really had a fantastic season and not also look at the two other wide receivers they've drafted with high draft capital and see the complete lack of production that's there, right? Because imagine imagine how much better this Eagles team would have been if instead of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, they had drafted D.K. Metcalf. That's not a 9-8 and eight football team last year. 
that's probably an 11 and six football team at minimum. And then they're competing for the five seed as opposed to Arizona this last year. Um, what if they had drafted Justin Jefferson instead of, uh, instead of Jalen Rager? What if they hadn't gotten rid of uh, Zach Ertz, who was your, your primary tight end? Now, he didn't have a huge year uh, for the Eagles, but he only started in three games last year. So offensively, there's a lot left to be desired. I know that they're the best rushing team, but I need to see them run the ball less. I need to see them pass the ball more. I need to see that efficiency because Jalen Hurts didn't take that next step as a passer that he needed to take. But technically, throughout the entire season, he finished with about a three-to-one touchdown interception ratio, um, if you include rushing touchdowns. But 16 passing touchdowns to nine interceptions. He did miss two games. Shout-out to Gardner Minshew for stepping up. But there's still a lot more that's left to be desired. I think that, Skyler, I think that you're correct in that if it wasn't for the Bengals, we'd probably be talking about this Eagles team more. But at the same time, I also think we need to really – tamper expectations here because there are still some large issues with this Eagles team, including how they've used their draft capital, their cap space, where they're investing, where they're going to continue getting guys from, because we're further and further away from that Super Bowl winning team. And there's still a lot of pieces from that team that are anchoring parts of this, this, this franchise. And so we're seeing that begin to, to chip away and fall. Um, any, uh, any last thoughts on the 2021 Eagles? I, I mean, the, the one thing I have to add again to is like, yes, this team ran the ball very well in terms of yardage, but I look at like your top running back, Miles Sanders, like we've said, Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns, like rushing, receiving nothing. Yeah. Jalen Hurts had 10 all rushing, but he mm-hmm. also had nine fumbles. That's gotta be cut down. And then Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, who collectively had collectively had the same amount of yardage as Miles as Miles Sanders, had thirteen more touchdowns than him. Jordan Howard even had three more touchdowns. So it's like, for me, it's you have to be able to, like I don't know if Miles Sanders was just gassed by the time they got to the red zone, and so other people kind of. Uh, snipe them for those touchdowns but it's like we're looking at it and like I just counted off what I now have to work on my head like 26 rushing touchdowns something like that mm-hmm. between or 26 total touchdowns between those three players uh four players and your leading rusher has zero like that's 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 still a cause for concern even for a team that's running as well as they are and Brady I think you hit it on the head you need to pass one you need to bring guys in that you can use the passing game as a threat because if you can figure out that Miles Sanders can't score from anywhere, apparently, um, and you can you can uh, run block well, you like this is this is this is a lead or uh, specifically a division where it's like your t- top, t- toughest conference uh, competition was last year's leading scorer in the NFL in terms of everywhere and they have so many diverse weapons you need to be able to match that because again your defense can't do everything you need to be able to score with them and i like like even if you're getting a lot of yards as a nebraska fan i know yards are really really awesome but it's points that matter yeah um absolutely it is so uh let's talk about before we move into their free agent moves let's talk about the big trade that the eagles pulled off on draft night the Eagles traded the 18th overall pick 
and a third round pick to the Tennessee Titans to pick up AJ Brown, who proceeded to sign a four year, $100 million contract with the Eagles, which contained $57 million in guaranteed money. Um, so before we get into the rest of their free agency, let's talk about the AJ Brown trade. We talked about the Eagles needed to add another weapon. They get one of the best young wide receivers in AJ Brown in this league, right? And they don't give up of all the teams who gave up draft picks for a wide receiver this last year, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Kansas or uh, Miami and Philadelphia, Philadelphia got the easiest deal. They gave up one first and a third. The Raiders gave up a first and a second and the chiefs gave up like, or the charger or the dolphins gave up like two firsts or something like that. Or we did the math or whatever it was. So what, what are your guys' thoughts on the A.J. Brown trade? Is he that weapon that Jalen Hurts needed? And did the Eagles swindle the Titans out of basically nothing for him? Oh, I definitely think the, the Titans got swindled. I mean, you're giving up one of the be- the better young wide receivers, and there's a lot to it, um, for a guy in Traylon Brooks who you're hoping – I mean – there's no 100% certainty he turns into the next A.J. Brown, but you're hoping you're giving away a certain thing. And giving away A.J. Brown, I feel like it just limits their offense to now where uh, uh, the dude from uh, the Rams is now your number one passing option. I don't know how that's going to help them. So that's definitely a, a loss by them. And I think for Philadelphia, like you said, to give a first and a third this year to get A.J. Brown to pair him with Devontae Smith, who – had a, a pretty good rookie year um, for Jalen Hurts. I think that's going to help their offense because, like we've said before, they definitely needed those weapons. And the drafting um, wide receivers has been a huge task for them. Um, so pairing up A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I think, was a very good uh, move for the Eagles, and I think that's really going to help them. I Yeah. Um... I don't know if I'd say swindled. Like I think in, I think in uh in practice, like if I'm getting a first and a third for probably one of the better wide receivers in the league, I'm gonna be like, okay, like it's not like, like that 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 is one where it's like you have to wait to see who they draft and how they develop. And so I again, I'm I'm willing to give Traylon Traylon Burks the like a season, see how it works. Um, because a lot of people said the same thing about uh AJ Brown and DK Metcalf coming out of college that. Like these are one trick ponies. They know how to do one thing well. Um, and that's about it. And they too are the most explosive uh, wide receivers of their generation. Um, really uh, like in terms of big body position, wide receivers that can move. Um, those are two of the guys that can do it. Like, and then you have the speedsters that came out of LSU um, in terms of Justin Jefferson and uh Jamar Chase. So I, I'm willing to give him a season, but again, it's not a good, it's not a good look, specifically because AJ Brown went from um like we heard nothing, like there was no rumblings that he was even going to be moved to deleting Tennessee off his Twitter bio to being traded within like a week. Um that's that's part of it too. And like uh I, I don't we don't know what happened. We don't know why he all of a sudden was so dead set on being traded. Um, I, I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, but I, I think for the, for the Eagles, 
yeah, that 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 fits the bill of exactly what we were talking about. You need a playmaker. AJ Brown's a playmaker. Can he, I hope he can stay healthy. Um, he does, but but from the move from a a, a team building standpoint, I like it. He does something different than than any of your other wide receivers do on the field. Um, he gives you red zone presence, which which allows you to be able to have a passing threat in the red zone, which you haven't had since. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, or even I would even say Terrell To, um, because Alshon Jeffrey was pretty was was okay, but AJ Brown's a different kind of uh, threat, um, and he can stretch the field, do amazing things. So that's good. I hope that they use him well. I hope that it isn't like a, a goes to the graveyard kind of situation. I but I I will reserve the swindling until the end of the season. As of right now, the Eagles the Eagles have definitely won the trade. Whether or not they swindled is a it's a different, different word. Well, yes, guys, I can kind of educate you a little bit on what happened. What basically happened was Christian Kirk signed a contract that was ridiculously overbloated with the Jaguars. AJ Brown then goes to the Titans and says, Hey, I want a contract that's worth what I'm worth. And the Titans said, mm, We can't give that to you. And AJ Brown said, Great, I don't want to be here then. Um, yeah, no. And that's, I mean, that's the long and the short of it. What, like, what it ultimately comes down to is that the Titans just didn't have the capability of paying him that much money and continuing to work on the team that they wanted to work on. And AJ Brown had kind of made it apparent. Now, again, a lot of this stuff we didn't know until afterwards, but AJ Brown made it apparent. He didn't want to come back to Tennessee. What I well, but say, some, something I just like real quick, like the reason I say it is like when we had like Devonte Adams and some of those other guys that were also part of the dominoes that were yeah. uh, the Christian Kirk being overpaid. Um, it was like some of those were like, okay, this makes sense. We get it. You had OBJ tweeting that they were going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, like we, we had heard it. Yeah. But what we, the only thing we had heard from AJ Brown was nothing. Then rumors of maybe a trade that were shot down immediately by Vrabel. <clears throat> yeah. Like, and, and not like, uh, no, we're not trading him. We're not listening to talks like vehemently saying AJ Brown will be a tight end next season. And if I, as long as I'm head coach, he will be here to gone on draft night like that's what i'm saying it's like they're like for me that's that's way more drastic than than like a Devonte adams or a debo debo samuel or any of these other guys that also either received massive contract extensions or found a new team to give them that massive contract extension yeah um so let's talk about some of the other guys that the eagles lost and brought in they had a rather active free agency they signed jaquiski tart a safety from the niners Hassan Reddick, the edge rusher from Carolina, Zach Pascal, the wide receiver from the, the Colts, James Bradbury, the corner from the Giants. Um, and uh, and then they, you know, and the, some re-signings, they brought back Fletcher Cox, they brought back Jason Kelsey, they brought back Derek Barnett. Um, so taking a look at their their other free agent gains and losses, boys, who stands out to you? Um, For losses, I really don't think they've really lost anybody they lost some big names, of course, but I think between free agency and the draft, they're able, able to uh, equalize the loss or upgrade at the position. So I don't think there's any like huge significant losses that are going to keep them from trying to make another playoff run. Um, but I think they had a really good uh, free agency. Obviously, getting a guy like Hassan Reddick, who showed that put him at the addresser position and he can get you double-digit sacks each year. Um, I think that was a good pickup for their pass rushing because I think that was starting to uh, uh, get a little too old. So getting a guy like him, I think, definitely helps. 
Um, and then the two guys that I think make the biggest difference are the first uh, getting James Bradbury from the Giants uh, to pair him with Darius Slay. I think their secondary gets a lot better. And even though a lot of people considered Bradbury having a down year last year, he still had 47 tackles, four picks, and 17 pass breakups. So to pair that with Darius Slay, I think that's a huge uh, boon for their secondary. And then uh, picking up Kazir White, the inside linebacker position, uh, he really came into his own last year. 144 tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles, and two picks. Uh, that's a lot of nice playmaking for them, especially at a position that's been a weakness for him. So to put him next to a guy that they drafted, I think they really overhauled the weaknesses of their defense. Um, yeah, I, going off of free agency, um, I think that their defense got a hell of a lot better. Um, but we still saw, and I think the James Bradbury signing is amazing when you're thinking of like the team that completely and totally trounced you twice last season. You need someone to help cover those wide receivers, and you do amazing work by getting James Bradbury, a guy that had to play him twice last season, knows what they're going to do. Um, that's amazing stuff. That's awesome. I agree with Mitch, him, and Darius Slay there is amazing. Um, now pairing Hassan Reddick with Graham on that defensive line, I think makes it even even tougher. Um, and we'll talk more about some of their drafting that that makes the defensive line even better. Um, like, and I agree. I think some of the losses, like Zagers, was a big loss because of a trade halfway through the season. But you've had you have Dallas Garner, like he's been the heir presumptive for a while now. Even before we didn't think that Zach Ertz needed an heir presumptive, Dallas Goddard was there, learning, taking snaps, getting reps. Um, uh, the only thing that I, I look at their free agency um, and I'm kind of left wanting, uh, that's the wrong tab, um, sec. is that like you, uh, where's that? Like there's nobody that I'm really else like writing home about. Like there's, there's not like, no, there's no other skill players. Um, right. Like you are able to, you get Zach Pascal from the Colts, um, which is a good depth piece, I guess. Um, you lose Jordan Howard, who did have more touchdowns than your leading rusher last season. Um, you re-sign Boston Scott. You re-sign Greg Ward. Um, and that's about it. Like I would have, like the AJ Brown trade covers up for some of that kind of stuff but the fact that like offense specifically the pat like just getting production there is something that we need out of this team and the only thing we really see in the offseason is that you go and get um uh aj brown like wonderful coup amazing like great pickup but i would have liked a little bit more attention on that offensive side of the ball um i i, I the defense is solid now um and should be good that this next season next couple of seasons but like the offensive side of the ball needs a lot of work still um even with aj brown being there yeah i agree um defensively the the defense got better on all three levels listen jaquiski tart is a fantastic safety he's one of the more underrated ones kazir white is a guy that i loved with the chargers and i'm very excited to see how he plays with the um with the Eagles here. And then you re-sign a huge part of your defensive line, which 
yeah, you know, that's that's not always the ideal situation. But all in all, it was a defensive line that had played really well. And and in a second, we'll talk about how they continue to supplement that. Um, my only knock is what Skyler said. And, and I'm even going to go more finite on it. I'm fine with your wide receiver acquisitions being A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal, considering that you already have Devontae Smith and you have Dallas Goddard. Those are four... Those are three capable pass catchers and then a good fourth option in Pascal. You know, I'm more upset that they didn't address the, the halfback position at all. And this is something that I'll also talk about with their draft, which is that like you were, you were the league's best rushing attack last year. And unfortunately the largest portion of that was because of Jalen hurts. Right. So you don't, supplement your halfback position to take that load off of Jalen Hurts. And, and we saw it that throughout the season, he didn't make it a full 17 games last year. He got hurt. And a part of that is because of the amount of carries that he had, because he's not, he's having to run uh, the ball consistently and also uh, be the quarterback. And we talked about the same thing when we talked about the Lamar Jackson episode, and we'll probably talk about the same thing when we talk about the Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals episode as well, which is that eventually you have to decide if your quarterback is going to primarily be a runner or primarily be a passer. The AJ Brown acquisition makes me think that they're going to invest in Jalen hurts primarily as a passer. They'll still allow him to be mobile, but they're going to take the burden of running the ball off of his shoulders. However, not addressing the halfback position at all outside of re-signing Boston Scott makes me second guess what they're doing with Jalen Hurts. And that's my knock on their free agent class. Um, fantastic. So let's move over to their draft. So the Eagles had two first round picks um, and they gave up the uh, their second first round pick to the Titans to pick AJ Brown. So they, uh, they also gave up a third round pick. Um, so they only had five picks in this draft class, but color it with the acquisition of AJ Brown as well. In the first round, they took Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis to supplement that defensive line. They followed it up in the second round, taking Nebraska center Cam Jurgens, the heir apparent to uh, uh, Jason Kelsey, um, who Kelsey has even come out and said he was the guy who we wanted. Um, in the third round, they took N'Kobe Dean, the all-star linebacker out of uh, Georgia, who fell pretty far in the draft. They followed it up in the sixth round, taking Kyron Johnson, a linebacker out of Kansas, and Grant Calcaterra, uh, the tight end, out of uh, Southern Methodist. So five total picks, um, adding A.J. Brown in there uh, for your other first-round pick. How do you guys grade the Eagles draft class? I'm going to go with an A-, minus, even though it's only a couple of picks. Um, the reason why I don't go higher is because – like we kind of just talked before, they didn't address the halfback position, and I still think it needs a little bit uh, of something. And just the health of a couple of these guys, Nicobe Dean, who there was health concerns, that's why he fell down so far. As long as he's healthy, he's one of the better linebackers, as we saw. Um, and then Grant Kelsatera, uh, who was productive at uh, Oklahoma, but then had to retire due to concussions. So that's a kind of very concerning that um, especially at the tight end position, but he's still kind of productive that uh, SMU. So you like that. Um, otherwise, I mean, Jordan Davis, the dude's uh, a freak, can do it all super fast. Uh, 
that was a really good pickup for their offensive line and then getting a guy like Cam Jurgens to be the heir apparent. Uh, we kind of talked about how the Phillies Eagles offensive line has kind of been waning, but I think they are slowly kind of putting it together like the Chargers. Uh, Jordan Mulata, who we really didn't talk about in the recap, has turned into one of the better left tackles. So now you got him, Landon Dickerson, last year who played well, and now you have the hair parent at center and one of the better right tackles in Lane Johnson. This is slowly becoming a pretty good offensive line for Jalen Hurts. And then getting to Kobe Dean, who was really – was probably the best linebacker in college football last year, um, adding that with Kazir White like that talked about. Uh, I think this is a really good draft for them. I'm going to go an entire letter grade lower. I'm going to go B minus. Um, I I like – like the first three picks are great. I absolutely like getting Jordan Davis. He does things that the other – like he does one thing – very 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 well which is working as a run stopper um and that's something that you need in the middle of that line specifically when i'm thinking about you know tony pollard or uh ezekiel elliott uh antonio gibson uh saquon barkley trying to run it's gonna make it harder to run in between the tackles in that division um looking at uh like cam jurgens absolutely love the pick the guy went from a pff grade of 40 um in two consecutive seasons and having uh given every Nebraska fan a heart attack every time he tried to snap the ball to uh, the best center or the best center that Nebraska's had in a while. And the guy's a converted tight end. So he's super athletic. Um, he could probably play guard if he, if you needed him to. Um, and he is like, again, there's consistency issues. There's a reason that he's a second round pick. He has all of the talent in the world, but he needs to get done. Uh, like, uh, stay consistent, get all of that technique down because again, he didn't learn how to become a center until he hit college. Um, but again, second round pick, great for what they did. Uh, and I, Jason Kelsey even uh, said that that is like he that like if he had to take a center out of the class to replace him, it was going to be Cam Jurgens. So I think that's great. Nicobe Dean, fucking steal. He's like the Jeremiah was Koromoa of this class, um, and what he's able in um similar in style of what he does. He's a great coverage linebacker. Um, it lines up well against uh, the uh, many different kinds of pass catchers at tight end and at running back that exist within this division and within the NFC in general. Allows you to compete with him. He works well in space, but he has some injury problems. He's a little short. So there are some not, there are reasons why he slid to the third, the, the third round. He is still probably the best linebacker and he has so much like tape on him that it's, you're like, you're getting you're getting a great football player, and maybe you need to convert him to a different position. He's a great football player. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. Fucking coup of the draft. Um, but my concern is again is that you don't get any kind of skill position players, except for a tight end that has concussion issues in the seventh round, sixth round. Um, like that's that's a big one for me. Um, you traded away the draft pick so that you could get AJ Brown again love it like you're making a lot of good moves but it's these small things that this team needs that is going to put it over the top because i can't i can't no longer be like okay i need you to get to 500 i've seen you get to 500 i've seen you make the playoffs as a 9 and 18 you are now trying to compete with the cowboys these are the kind of like building up depth 
being able to compete with them. It's good. Their defense is going to be is going to be good next year. It's going to challenge as one of the better the 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 younger better defenses in this league in terms of having Jordan Davis and Jacoby Dean, Bradbury, and Slay. Um, the uh, what's the uh safety from San Francisco that they got? What's his last Art. name again? Art. Yeah, getting him great moves like wonderful moves but you need to bring that attention to detail of what kind of roster you're trying to build on the offensive side of the ball because that is it's missing you need some of those guys and again getting a tight end he's like he can do great but he has concussion issues like there are other guys that were available um later in that draft that you could have gotten in the sixth round um that could have helped those those areas i don't know who they would have gone in undrafted free agents it might be a miami or a baltimore situation again where we have to kind of look to see who who they signed in the undrafted free agents um but that's uh like my my big knock the reason it's a b minus is one you don't have a lot of picks again those are mainly aj brown and then you take the one skill position and no off and like one skill position player as a tight end with concussion issues Um, the only halfback they brought in for uh, as a UDFA was Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma, who had 1,200 yards, uh, 13 rushing touchdowns, and uh, last season. Uh, but he was the only UDFA halfback they brought in. Um, uh, I agree with Mitch. Uh, I give it a grade of an A minus. Um, I color you have to for me. You have to color this draft as adding AJ Brown and adding AJ Brown into this makes up for some of the deficits. The reason that it's not an A plus is because they didn't draft a halfback. Had they taken a halfback who didn't have a, a history of concussion issues like Grant Calcaterra, I would probably have given this draft an A plus because they, you reinforce that defensive line by bringing in a guy who could very easily be Fletcher Cox 2.0 and Jordan Davis. You bring in um, uh, Cam Jurgens and, and Mitch, you kind of ran through who their offensive, their starting offensive line is, but there's what there's a uh, like to break it down. My who can play guard or tackle Dickerson, who's a center, but they have playing at guard. Cam Jurgens, who's going to be your backup center, but Travis Kelsey, or sorry, but Jason Kelsey can play pretty much anywhere on the offensive line, just given his age. I mean, his experience. Um, Isaac Suamalo, who's turned into a solid right guard, and then Lane Johnson, who's one of the better left tackles. But then you've got Andre Dillard, who's probably the best backup left tackle in the NFL, save for maybe one or two other guys, that you've got sitting back there who can play four of the five positions on the offensive line as well. So adding Cam Jurgens into that mix, that makes it so much better. I think that not only do you get N'Kobe Dean, but also picking up Kyron Johnson, I think kind of could very easily make up for the N'Kobe Dean draft pick if it turns out that he's kind of a stretch, right? If his injury isn't something he's able to get over uh, effectively, if he doesn't show uh, uh, as high an ability on a professional field as on the uh, collegiate field. I think Kyron Johnson is a solid pickup who can supplement a lot of the stuff that, that uh, Nicobe Dean would have done. Kyron Johnson is a little bit more of a pass rusher, but he was, uh, he had four forced fumbles last year, which is, is solid. Anytime you get it, Grant Calcaterra, I could take it or leave it. Listen to Eagles are tight end whispers. So maybe this dude will turn into a, a fantastic player, but anytime that you're asking a dude to play tight end, who's going to be primarily running over the middle of the field against safeties and linebackers are having to block, um, and he's got a history of concussions already to the point where he's medically retired from football at one point. 
I, that that's not a super safe pick for me when colored with the acquisition of AJ Brown, what I know this team is already capable of what I saw out of them last year, I give the draft grade an a minus, um, which is speaking very highly considering my dis distaste and distrust for Howie Roseman um, as a general manager. So uh, let's head into our season prediction boys. The Eagles finished nine and eight last year, made the playoffs, but lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They start out 2022 at Detroit before they go uh, home against Minnesota. They then have their first divisional game at Washington back home against Jacksonville at Arizona before coming home against Dallas before a bye week. They come out of their bye week home against Pittsburgh at Houston home against Washington at Indianapolis home against green Bay and Tennessee. So we'll get AJ Brown versus his old team. And then they close the season at the giants at the bears at the Cowboys before ending a homestand against the saints and giants nine and eight last year, Mitch, how do you have the Eagles going in Nick Sirianni year 2.0? I think they're going to do two wins better. I have them going 11 and six, the, you know, first start off with the division. It's even though they do beat up on each other, I do think it's weakened. Uh, you know, Washington, I don't think got any better. Giants are still pretty much in a rebuild, kind of. And the Cowboys are having issues of their own. I mean, uh, Michael Gallup was already hurt. Now James Washington, who was supposed to be the placement, is hurt. So the wide receiver depth is going to be uh, very tested. And Ezekiel Elliott has, you know, gotten worse every year. So the Cowboys aren't as offensively uh, gifted as they were last year. And with Amari Cooper also leaving. So I don't think the Cowboys are – as good as they were last year. So I think that gives the Eagles, who got, I think we all got better, uh, a pretty good chance to get some wins uh, in division. Um, And I think there's just a lot of teams on their schedule uh, who I think they can beat. Uh, I mean, the only two teams that I think could, are most likely could be losses are like Tennessee, if Derrick Henry is still that guy, and the, the, Packers just because they have Aaron Rodgers but everyone else I think is very a winnable game for them so I'm going to go with 11 and 6 I go one win better than last year but one win, one win less than Mitch I go 10 and 7 um, I'm still concerned about uh, how they're going to play in terms of offense uh, how that's going to turn into points for them um, I, I expect that it'll get better having AJ Brown there. Um, but if you're trying, we've we've seen time and time and time again that when you're running, when your quarterback is your leading rusher and like rushing, uh, touch like leads the team in rushing touchdowns, um, there's usually a fall off in that. You can look at Lamar Jackson. You can look at um, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can look at uh, Josh Allen. All of these different kinds of quarterbacks, we've seen a drop off. Um, I don't think I think something similar is going to happen to Jalen Hurts. Um, I still think this team is good. I, as of right now, I haven't done my schedule for Dallas, so I don't know if they win the division, but they'll be up there. Um, I agree. I but I I disagree on the on them not beating each other up. I think they are going to beat each other up. I think that the Giants actually have a good coach and their entire philosophy to like uh help their quarterback is going to have dividends um i had them going seven and ten i had washington going seven and ten and some of those wins come in division and so this that means philadelphia is going to lose a couple games that they probably shouldn't lose um i pair that with having to play the giants or not the giants having to play green bay having to play the colts um having to play uh arizona um minnesota uh teams that we all agree are kind of within that similar 
like space that uh philadelphia is occupying um i need to see how good this defense is before i get them to 11 and 6 or 12 and 12 and 5 but they're that they, they, they i think that they are the black i think that they are the they're the dark horse in this in this division trying to hope they, they could win especially if the drop off in dallas is as steep as some people think it is um, so I'm going to agree with Skyler and I have them going 10 and seven. Part of me wanted to go right down the middle and say 10, six and one, but I decided against it. I'm not going to bet on another tie this year. Um, unless it's that Arizona Cardinals. Unless it's the Cardinals. Um, so here's, here's my philosophy with their schedule. Looking at it, I agree with Mitch. They don't have that difficult of a schedule. Their toughest uh, weeks are uh, that four game stretch, Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Tennessee, but three of those four games are at home. So so there's a definite – I like their chances a lot more in that situation. Here's what I'll say, though. Heading into that stretch, the Eagles need to be two games above 500. By the time they play Washington that second time, they need to be five and three or better. Um, because I don't think they win more than two of those games. And if they're if they walk out of their best case scenario seven and five at that point, heading into that final stretch of the season, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, uh, Saints, and then Giants again, you could feasibly afford to lose one of your games to the Giants or uh, lose to the Cowboys there and still make the playoffs. But they have to they have to walk into that four game stretch starting with Washington the second time five and three. They have to get out of that four game stretch at least seven and five if this team reasonably has a chance of making the playoffs in my opinion i think they will uh uh this division will beat up on each other because the eagles only finished three and three last year in division and both of their games against the cowboys they lost by what 20 and 25 points respectively um i don't think the cowboys have lost 20 and 25 points worth of production um in terms of who they've lost so i don't see the eagles doing any better than splitting the series with the Cowboys. And realistically, I don't see the Eagles doing any better than splitting the series with all three teams. I think they split with Washington, with the Giants, and with uh, the Cowboys. I think they get to, to 10 and 7, which for me is good enough for them to make a wild card playoff spot, not good enough for them to win the division. Um, but 10, 10 and 7 feels confident or feels right for me because this team didn't have a signature win against a team who made the playoffs last year only had one win against a team who's above 500 they only lost one game against a team who wasn't in the playoffs or in playoff contention last year so they're an exactly 500 team to me with an exactly 500 team even with aj brown i got him going 10 and 7 um any hot takes on the eagles before we wrap up here um I say that AJ Brown and Devonta Smith both have 1,000 yard receiving seasons. Okay. Oh, okay. One sec, let me type that in. Brady. No, I don't have one. There's um. Jordan Davis wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. Uh, not Nakobe Dean. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say Nakobe Dean. Defensive rookie of the year is what you said? Yeah. Um, 
All right. Uh, I'm going to say the Eagles defense has more touchdowns than their running backs. Oh, oh re- number one rushing team last year. And you're going to say they're deep. The, well, I get it. Let me admit it. The Eagles defense have more touchdowns than Miles Sanders next year. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nobody wanted to pick Jalen Regular as comeback player of the year next year? Nope. No. Hard pass. Hard pass. Um, great. So that, that is, is our uh, yes, episode no. okay. for everybody. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We have the uh, Philadelphia, or sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers next, um, keeping it in Pennsylvania, followed by the Patriots. We are doing our Browns episode soon. We're just kind of waiting for everything to be figured out. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Follow us on uh, Twitter, on Spotify, Radio Now, uh, Google Podcasts. Email us your guys' thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com, F-O-U-R-T-H string, sp at gmail.com. Have a fantastic night. Thanks for listening.